but by way of, of getting there, I want to speak from some of my favorite verses um, in the Word. And it's likely that you've heard me speak from them before because they're like a, a touching point, a reference point for me. I've dedicated my life to, to the church. I love the church. I left job a career to, to serve the church. And I don't think there's a more compelling picture of church than the one that we got to read uh, this week, the one that's like right at the very beginning of it, right? When, when it's filled with the Holy Spirit and it's found in, in Acts chapter 2. Um, and let me just read this out. This is, this is what happened with the very first group of believers. You know, like, you know the story, Pentecost, the, 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 the God disciples are in the upper room, the Holy Spirit comes and it's like tongues of fire, like fire like, like on them, uh, like rests over their heads, symbolizing that they've become the temple where the Holy Spirit dwells, yeah? Like when you look in the Old Testament, fire was like there on Mount Sinai when Moses was given the Ten Commandments, like this is where the presence of God was. Fire came and when the temple was dedicated and, and was ho- hovered over the temple saying, this is where the presence of God lives. Then on Pentecost, fire comes and it spreads over individuals over people saying that now my temple is is this group of people that that uh, that jesus called his church right and peter who before had been the christ denier had been like the 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 guy who didn't always get it right peter stands up and preaches and about three thousand people come to know jesus out of this sermon that he preaches and and there's been miracles people were hearing people speaking in their own languages and it was like this incredible incredible moment and then we're told what that first group of christ followers did brand new fresh off the press christian Christians, here's what they did. Um, and when I was writing this out today, usually like I copy and paste the verses from like an app into my notes or whatever. But I type these word for word because I savor these. For like I love this is a picture of what the church was meant to be. The church, like at its very beginning, before it maybe gets like distracted, before routine comes in, before like all sorts of other stuff comes in. This is like the, the kernels of what the church could be and should be, and the church that I want to be a part of, and that, by God's grace I am. It says they did this, right, this group of people. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Incredible, incredible verses. Like, do you see, does that not just, like, does that not ignite something inside you? You're like, man, that's that's what I want to be a part of. Like stuff, all that religion stuff and whatever. That's 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 the community of faith I want to be a part of. This is like this is like when you look at the way they were acting, they're acting like Jesus acted. It makes sense then when when they call Jesus calls like the church his his body, yeah, because because it looks like him. And in this thing we see a glimpse where it actually it actually looks like Jesus living self-sacrificially, not living for his own sake but for other people's sake. We have a, a picture of the church that that looks like him, a community of love and devotion and. And I think, guys, at times we overcomplicate church with programs and services and ministries and structures and procedures when we're really meant to be people of devotion to a few simple things. Like, really, just to a few simple things. You know, we've looked at it again and again. The greatest command, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second, love your neighbor as yourself. We're meant to be characterized as just people of love. People who've received the love of God, who get that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, so that whoever, whoever should believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. We get that love. We understand that love. And out of that love, we then turn and we love God. And out of that love, we turn and we love our neighbors as ourselves. That all this stuff is wrapped up in love. And that 
I just think I just think we complicate it when we should be like just devoted to some to some simple things that just make sense. I love the fact that he says they devoted themselves to something. See, we the the, the strategist in me, right, or the, the the person that would want to control things or produce things, probably for my own glory rather than God's glory, would look at this thing and be like, right, how can we get people to how can we get people to act like this? Can we get people to, like, to, to meet in each other's homes? Let's program that. If they meet day by day in the temple, let's program for that. Let's structure that. Let's like, encourage people to be more generous. Like, but, but what I think what we're doing there is we're jumping to like, the results of some devotion that they had and trying to mimic the results rather than trying to mimic the devotion that actually produced those results. See, there's like these four things that it says they devoted themselves to. Mal, if you go to the next slide, it kind of simplifies it there. Acts 2.42 says they devoted themselves to four things, to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayers. And all of that stuff that we see after, that we're like, that's what I want to be a part of, that flows out of that devotion that they had. And devotion is like the, when I was thinking about it this morning, it's like the, it's like the middleware. You know, if you have like a computer, you have your hardware, right? The hard drive and the monitor and all that stuff. And then maybe you have your software, like the stuff that you use, Microsoft Word or whatever, to type out something. But in between, you need, you need something that interacts the software with the hardware. You call it middleware or like an operating system, whether that's Windows or Apple iOS or whatever it is. You have this operating system. And I'm convinced that this, this, this act of devotion that they had, it says they devoted themselves to something. They decided to be devoted to something. I'm convinced that that's like the middleware that, that, that goes between just knowing the love of God or experiencing the love of God or knowing that we should love other people and then it actually being demonstrated in the life of the body of a church that could actually look like Jesus. I'm convinced that the way we get from just this grasping of it or this understanding of it to actually demonstrating it to the world is to be devoted to these principles that these guys were devoted to. And it's ridiculously simple. They devoted themselves to four practices that rooted them in the love of God and translated that love into action to the world. And I'm convinced if we do the same, that we will look every bit like Jesus as they looked like Jesus to the world. And that's something I want to be a part of. So they devoted themselves, the apostles teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread and to prayers. Devotion like devotion... It's not just a past tense thing like they devoted once off. If you look at another translation, one, I think it's the King James says they continued steadfastly in the apostles' teaching in the breaking of bread and fellowship and prayer. Like a steadfastness, they continued in it. The Greek of the verb is like a continuous thing. It's not just a one-off, it's a continual devotion. So it's like they decided, here's some stuff that we're going to get committed to. Here's some stuff that we're going to align our lives with. Not just when we feel like it, but we're going to be devoted to it. You couldn't call me a devoted husband if only I talked to Patrice every now and again when I felt like it. Or a devoted father if I only like, came and, and talked to Penny when she was in trouble or something. Or, 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 or didn't have that level of relationship. Or a devotion speaks of, of acting not just out of duty, but acting with consistency out of, out of love. And so they were devoted to these things and... And I'd love to be devoted to the man. I know I'm not challenged as I read these things. I'm good at them sometimes. There's some I, I, I tend towards more than others. There's some I really struggle with. But after reading it, I'm like, Lord, will you, will you help me shape my heart so that I can be devoted to who you are? Because I really want to shine like a light. I really want to be who you've made me to be. I really want to be part of this thing you've called your church. Help me to be devoted. We need to be wholehearted. We can just be, I can just be wishy-washy at times. 
I'll just do stuff when it works for me. I'll read the Bible when I'm struggling or I'll pray when I'm struggling or I'll be committed to community if it makes sense to me or if I feel I need that in a moment. You know, like I just like look to the church as something I gain from rather than something that I'm a part of being through my, through my devotion. I'll pray the Lord just uh, challenges on it. So let's look at them just one by one. Uh, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. What does that mean? They didn't have the New Testament. They didn't have the Bible. It hadn't been written yet. They're brand new. What they did have is people who walked with Jesus and talked with Jesus and who knew him. And can you just imagine the conversations? Like, like Peter was there. Peter, what was it like to walk on the water? What did it feel like to do that? Matthew, tell us again what Jesus said when he sat you down and, and he spoke like that big sermon on the mount. When he taught you how to pray, how did he do it again? What, 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 what are the words we're meant to say? What's the, what's the heart behind it? John, what was it like when you went up on the, on the mountain and you saw Elijah and, and Moses and you saw the glory of God and you saw Jesus kind of like trans, transfigured? Like they were like hungry for the word of God. And, 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 and guys, we, we need to be as hungry, if, if anything, we have, we have more, man, like more translations of the Bible, more commentaries, more podcasts, more books you can read, conferences you can go to than you could ever imagine, right? All of the information is out there that you need to know about the Lord. Like countless teachers over thousands and thousands of years have written it down. We're like flooded with all this stuff, but are we devoted to it? Like, it's, it's, it's there if you're hungry. It's like, it's like saying, I'm starving, I'm starving, I'm starving, and there's loads of food in front of you, and you just we refuse to, like, like, just reach out our hand and take it, like, to be, to be devoted to the apostles' teaching, devoted to, to the word of God. We need to have that devotion to, to search out the things of God like they're treasure. That's why Patrice is so excited about the Bible project we're reading, because this daily devotion, it's like an act of our, of our will. It's like saying, no, we're devoted to this thing. We're committed to this thing. It's one chapter a day, but we're committed to reading it and to speaking together about it in, in community. If you haven't been doing it, jump in with us. If you're along for the ride and dropped out, just drop back in and get engaged again. If you're doing it and not connected with somebody, connect with somebody around it. Like, let's get intentional about being devoted. I'm not talking about putting religion in place. I'm talking about what's the thing that takes the stuff you believe and turns it into, into action? I believe that it's, it's loving devotion to these things. You're going to be devoted to something in your life. Make it the things that matter. And see as those guys sat under the word, see as like daily, like they're talking about the things of God as they're, they're engaging with the teachings of Jesus. I guarantee that it's like it's been with the Bible project as we've been reading it, that you read something in the morning and during that day you have a chance to put it into practice. You encounter a situation and the words of God are still ringing in your ear and now you have the choice. Do I, do I act in accordance with, with it, of obedience to God or do I just do what I was going to do anyway? But you're, you're faced with it, you know? It's like constantly holding this mirror up to yourself. It's like constantly reminding you of the things that God said and we need that because in this world you're constantly bombarded by other messages yeah the whole world and the media and its systems and its philosophies are telling you a whole other way to live than the word of God will tell you to live and unless we're devoted to it we're not going to be equipped to be able to stand and to be able to uh, to, 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 to be obedient to the Lord you know throughout my life as a Christian it's been rare for me to come across someone who's struggling spiritually and devoted to the word of God at the same time like, I can't, I can't think of someone offhand who was like, in a real, Rob, I'm really struggling. Are you, how, how's your word reading? Oh, it's, it's dropped off a while now. Okay? There's where we start. Like, like very seldom have I come across someone who's really struggling, but, but, but who's like also really in the word. Like, like, do we get it? Why do we allow ourselves 
Why are we so easily deceived? Why do we so easily slip away? Because the word of God is life, man. It's like more than words. It's like it's food for your soul. It's nourishment. It's it's like like I said on the, the drive out in the way this morning, like like there wasn't even something that spoke to me out of the psalm that Patrice said, but something about just the word of God being spoken out in our car, just like just like like stilled my soul. There's nothing else that has that potential. There's nothing else that does that to my heart. It's the word of God. Let's be devoted to it. The next thing they devoted themselves to was uh, the fellowship. Which is a bit of an old-fashioned word. I grew up in like house churches and small groups and, and we used to call them fellowships. I don't know why. Maybe it was because like we didn't think like they fitted the word church or something at the time. It didn't seem like a big gathering. It's like it's just a fellowship, which is which is bull. I don't it makes no sense now to me. But uh but at the time that's what we called them, fellowship. And uh oh man, as I studied as I studied this this week and I'm not a Greek scholar, and I have a bit of software that tells me the Greek words behind these things. Yeah, and I can click on it, and it shows me all the other wor- places where it's used. But the Greek word for fellowship, they devoted themselves to fellowship. It's this word called koinonia. Yeah, it says they devoted themselves to, to koinonia. And koinonia is more than just like coming along to church. It means like this joint participation or sharing something in common. Yeah, it, it means like this this overlapping of their lives. And what I want us to hear, right, was that they committed themselves, they devoted themselves to the overlapping of their lives. They're saying they devoted themselves to to being one. They devoted themselves to to um to to, to being with each other. They devoted themselves to their lives meshing, joining together, to, to their lives becoming one. Um and this coin like koinonia has just this incredible like sometimes if you if you don't understand a word in its context, you can look at how that word is used in the rest of, of the Bible. And koinonia is used like and translated in different words than fellowship throughout the rest of the New Testament. There's a place, hey doing, buddy? There's a place in uh, Romans where Paul is talking about the offering that was made uh, for the people who are in need, for the, the people in uh, Macedonia and Achaia. And it says they made a certain contribution to the needs of those people who are in need, yeah? And the word that he uses for contribution there is koinonia. He's like, they made a koinonia, they made a, a contribution, they, they, something of themselves, they, they paid of something from themselves to help somebody else. It's like a, constantly, a costly contribution on behalf of someone else. Or later in, in Corinthians, when Paul asks, like, what has light got to do with darkness? He says this, what koinonia has light got to do with darkness? Meaning what connection, what overlap has light got to do with darkness? So koinonia is like, this, this like observable commonality. It's like a way that, that things are, are connected together. And then when we read out later, um, back on the other slide, when we read before of how like they, they, they devoted themselves to one another and they met in each other's homes and all that stuff, the verb that's used there, it comes from, from koinonia as well. It's like this, uh, this, they had all things in common. The word common there is this koinonia. Like they, they, they committed themselves to overlapping their lives. And I think that's, that's huge. I don't know if I'm, commi- if I'm communicating it well enough, but it's like this commitment to contribute to each other's lives, this commitment, what's it saying? It's saying they were devoted to the person in the pew in front of them. Like, do, we see how, do we see how big that is, or how different that is from our world? Like, just come along to church, get what you get over, go and do your own thing. Maybe say hello or have a cup of coffee after. No, man, like, are you... Like, look around this room. Are you devoted to the people in this room? Like, devoted to them. Committed out of love to them, to your life life overlapping with theirs. Because it doesn't just happen. 
It doesn't, like, it's something you need to be devoted to. It's something we need to make a conscious decision to. This is what, this, this is what I'm going to do. And why do we have to make a conscious decision to do it? Because Jesus commanded us to do it. I reckon as these guys sat under the apostles' teaching and he told us that, you know what, guys, they told us. Jesus said it to us. Here's, here's the way that people are going to know that you're, you're my disciples, that you're going to love one another. I reckon that they saw that this resurrected Jesus proved to be the king of the universe. If he says something, we should, we should, we should probably do it. When, he, like, and when they would have told him, like when John would have told him, like, I heard him pray this prayer like that. He prayed for us that we would be one like he and the Father are one, that we'd be unified. Like they knew this was in the heart of Jesus. They're like, well, let's, let's figure out how to do it. Let's get, let's get connected. Let's, 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 let's do it. Let's be devoted to it. They figured out when he said, like, you're meant to love your neighbor as yourself. It wasn't just like live at peace and don't have anything like, wrong to say about someone. It was like love is active. What does Jesus' love look like? It looks like leaving heaven to come to earth to suffer and be rejected on our behalf. That's, that's, that's what love looks like. Love puts itself out there. And I've like, read this thing for years and committed themselves to fellowship and I'm just like, oh, that means they committed themselves to coming to church. No. Committed themselves to being, to being the church. Committed themselves to being family. They decided, you're my brother and, and you're my sister and our lives are going to overlap. And I'm going to change my life around to make sure that it, that it overlaps. And the outworking of that is how they did it. They got in each other's homes and they ate bread together and they went to the temple together and they celebrated together and they committed to, had the Lord's Supper together. And it's like they decided to do this stuff. And guys, I just, man, it just hit me today. It's like love one another is a command. Do you know what I mean? It's not just like a suggestion or just like live with love in your heart. It's like a command. Get serious about it. I think we... We still have some like byproduct of like religion in Ireland that makes us think that this church thing is just about a list of things that you don't do. Yeah, don't do this, don't do that, don't like moral kind of behavior change, and all of that can be good, right? But 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 do we miss that 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 love one another is is a command from the King of Kings? What are you doing about it? Jesus has said to you, love the person in the pew next to you. What are you gonna do it? Am I gonna do it? It's hard, man. And believe me, I'm introvert. It's hard. It's costly. It's awkward. It's it's strange. It's tough, but it's but it's beautiful and it's powerful. And it's what we're meant to do. It's what we're called to do. It's like it takes devotion. It takes an act of a will to pick up a phone, to be the first to to make the apology, to meet the need, to to look at what you have and to look at someone else's needs and think maybe I have this because they have a need. To drop over to the house, to give of yourself when you're rather not, to be intentional about sharing your life, to allow yourself to open up to someone, to be vulnerable, to be honest, to let people know how, how you're feeling so they can, they can pray for you. Putting a guard up is the opposite of koinonia. Yeah? Living with a guarded life, oh, I'm just going to look after my own stuff here. And maybe when I come to church, he'll say something that inspires me or the song will do that. And then I'll go up. Like, like that's not what we're meant to be. We're meant to be devoted, devoted to one another to overlap in our lives in an incredible way. Jesus prayed that we would be one, like he and the Father are one. Like that's a, that's a crazy level of oneness, yeah? We need to be devoted to it, not just hold that out. Oh yeah, he said that, that's cool. Maybe that'll happen someday. And what are we going to do about it? How are we going to be obedient to it when it matters? Who in your world is struggling in need of a phone call or a message or a coffee? Even when it's awkward to make the first move, that's what love does, yeah? It makes the first move. 
the next thing they committed themselves to, there's a beautiful connection between this koinonia with one another and, and this next thing that they committed themselves to, which is the breaking of bread. We call that what? Communion. Paul called that communion at times. Guess what word is used for communion? Koinonia. Same word. It's like they committed themselves to doing what Jesus said to do, to remember that we're made one with him, that our lives now overlap with him, that he's alive in us. Like they would break some bread off the same loaf, and as they eat it, they remember like it was tore off the same loaf. We're part of the same bread, the thing that unites us. It's the body of Jesus that was broken for us so we could be made right with God. They drink from the same cup and some of the same liquid that was, that was, that was, that was all together at one point now is inside each of them, and I remember that Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me because I'm setting up a new covenant in my blood that can't be broken, that my blood is going to pay for your sins, that my blood is going to make you right with God and it's going to unite you. That they, 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 As they broke bread, they remembered not just that they were united with Jesus, that, but because they were united with Jesus, because the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit was inside them, they were united with one another. See then, their devotion to one another isn't just some like, like communism or some sort of good idea of being in it. It's the, it's the earthly reflection of a spiritual reality that they are one. Yeah, that the same Holy Spirit has just fallen on each of them. They've, they've been baptized into the family of God. They are one. They're, they're just acting now out of what they believe to be true. They have the courage of their convictions. And they're like, okay, if we are one, then we, better, we should live like we're one. Which makes sense of all the stuff Paul says about us being the body and the hand needs the, the arm and, and we can't be separated and, and all that sort of stuff like that as it, as it unfolds in the rest of the New Testament that they believe this reality that they're united in Christ. That they're in Christ and because we're in Christ together, that we're one with one another. They committed to themselves to that, to, to that stuff, to remembering that new covenant. And finally, they were committed to, to praying together. To praying like Jesus taught them to pray. To praying for one another. Why? Because prayer changes things. Prayer is one of the ways that we develop or understand our koinonia with, with the Lord. It's one of the ways that we do it with one another. When we bear each other's burdens, we come together and we pray for one another. It changes things. And I'm sure there was times when it was dry or difficult or awkward. I didn't know the words to say. But they devoted themselves to it. Let me just get to the point. If you're not devoted to prayer, get devoted to prayer. Simple. It's not complicated. Like, man, like when I was growing up in Pentecostal churches, I used to go to prayer meetings and, and I'd be intimidated to pray. I'm a quiet guy. I'm like, I can't pray like Noah Kenny. Noah prays and it's like he's like writing a poem or something. You know what I mean? It's like eloquent and like passionate and like, like you feel like, yeah, it's like the Braveheart speech every time he prays. You know what I mean? You want to go to war. And, uh, and, uh, and that's, that's cool and that's what's in him. But when disciples came to Jesus and they're like, teach us how to pray, he says, what, like six, seven lines? He says, uh, don't, think, don't be like the Pharisees. Don't think you're going to be heard because you have loads of words. God knows what's in your heart. Nothing against praying passionately, right? But don't feel that that's a prerequisite. Call out the one word that's in your heart unto the Lord. If you don't know what to pray, pray exactly what Jesus told us to pray. Pray for his kingdom to come. Pray for his will to be done. Pray for your daily bread. Pray for to help be able to forgive people. Pray for forgiveness. Pray to your Father. Hallow his name. Reflect on how holy and majestic he is. Pray. How many of us guys have like got to like such a tough place in our lives that eventually we turned to prayer and then God came through? This happens again and again and again. Why are we slow, so slow to learn to turn to him like at the first instant? That's why these guys were devoted to prayer. They're devoted to prayer because 
And this is possibly the one that takes the most faith, like because because everything will scream at you. What are you doing? You're just like talking to talking into the air, like. But but later on in the New Testament, we're told stuff like like Paul's like, do you not understand? Like your your battle isn't against flesh and blood; it's against powers and principalities in the in the heavenly realm. He's like, some maybe the problem you think you have isn't actually the problem you really have. That you're not just a physical being, you're a spiritual being in a spiritual battle. And prayer is the way that we engage in spiritual in spiritual battle. So be devoted to it. If you're not good at it, guess how to get good at it? Get devoted to it. And pray. Just just pray. There's there's times man me and Noel over this past year have like met each morning at like six or six, six thirty AM to pray in each other's houses. And man, it's been like a struggle, I'll be honest. Like, cause, like I usually get up at eight, now I have to get up at six, I have to find two hours sleep somewhere, go to bed earlier. Um but it's never been a wasted morning. There's been like so many mornings I wanted to just stay in bed. So many mornings that it's like running on half six and Noel hasn't arrived yet and I'm secretly praying that he doesn't arrive so I can just go to bed. Yeah? And uh, But then he comes and the Lord shows up and I'm like, Rob, you're dope. What are you, what are you doing? You just encountered the living God. You're just, you're just like, God just showed up. And what would I have been doing? In bed? Snoring, pressing the snooze button? Like, let's get devoted to these things. It works. I'm not talking about putting religion in the place of, of God's stuff, you know, or, or doing anything like that. I'm talking about what are the ways that we participate in the things of God. There's four practices, four principles. Get devoted to the word. Get devoted to koinonia. Be devoted to one another. Get devoted to remembering who Jesus is and what he has done in the breaking of bread and doing what he commanded us to do. And get devoted to, to prayer. And there, uh, I want to finish with with doing that together as a way to just like let's 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 do it now uh, as a way to to to, to pray and be together because we need to we need to just do this stuff like i said the world is shouting something different at you all the time yeah like you tell the world oh, i'm just devoted to the teaching of jesus the laugh in your face yeah you're going what that book two thousand years old three thousand full of contradictions all that stuff yeah just leveled at you the world will say this take take a bit from this philosophy a bit from that philosophy you find your truth there's no absolute truth certainly not in a book two thousand years old yeah like like that's that's nuts that's what that's what like unless you're devoted to something else that's the message you're getting 24 7 in your ears like like coming at you from the world it's, it's what the world believes it's what it's gone after yeah like instead of like being devoted to the world's teaching or to the to the the the, the apostles teaching we live in this pluralist society that's just like do whatever works for you believe whatever you want about whatever you want and whatever works for you devotion to koinonia to 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 sacrificially connecting your life to someone else yeah the world believes in community but it believes in community as long as it works for you community on your terms yeah it doesn't believe in community that's costly that's sacrificial it believes yeah find a group of people who'll help you be your true self yeah that's cool a group of people who'll encourage you a group of people who'll whatever but but it's feeding the individualism of of the world rather than the koinonia that we're called to in, in the Bible, yeah? The communal kind of aspect. Like, like the world just tells you, be, be an individual. To thine own self be true. The greatest, like, like the, 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 is like, find who you're meant to be and be that person. Don't let society stand in your way. Break all the rules. Go after it if you need to. Whereas Jesus says the opposite. He says, I've made you someone now. You, you, you live out of that. He, sa- he, sa- he says, like, the greater love is no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. He says, if you want to find greatness, be the greatest, the greatest servant. Like, he turns things... On its, on its head. 
devotion to breaking our bread, man, if we told people that we believe we're united and there's like this mystery of the, the loaf and of the wine, people, people would react the same way they reacted 2,000 years ago when Jesus said, you have to eat my body and drink my blood if you want any part of me. They'd be like, you're mad. You're off your head. You know, why are you devoted to like religious, outdated practices? Like the world isn't going to want you to, to do that stuff. Or devotion to prayer. Man, sometimes I read, you know, uh, like on the journal or some app like that where there's comments and, you know, like some tragedy will happen and someone will write underneath a thoughts and prayers to you. And then it'll just be slated by 20 people like prayers. What are prayers going to? It's like just people waiting to jump on the bandwagon of do something practical. Don't just pray. Well, yeah, do do something practical after you've prayed. Let prayer lead you into, into action, into doing something. And it's the materialism of this world coming. Materialism meaning like that, that people just believe this is all there is, like the stuff you can see and feel and touch. That's all there is. That's all there is to the world. Yeah, there's not a spiritual thing. You're not a spiritual being. You're like you evolved from a, a puddle of goop that, that happened when like the Big Bang exploded and something, I don't know. And, uh, and, and, and so there's no real meaning to this stuff, yeah? Just like what there is is there and you go after it and enjoy life. So if you had like, like I wrote out this, like, like this sentence. If we were to write like Acts 42, Acts 2.42 for the modern age, right? Like for the secular age, this is, what, this is what the world will say to you. Instead of devote yourself to the apostles' teaching, breaking of bread, fellowship and prayer, it will say, devote yourself to defining your own truth, to finding your true self, Free yourself from the people who will hold you back. Free yourself from slavish devotion to religion or the gods. They don't exist. This world is all there is. Find and take all the pleasure you can from it. Life is short. Enjoy enjoy every minute. Now, that sounds good, right? Like, that sounds, that sounds like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, like when, you, when it's phrased that way, because that's what the world does, but it's deceptive. It's like, it's like the fruit on the tree looked good to Eve before she ate it, yeah? And our eyes are open. It's like, this stuff looks good to us. And unless we're devoted to the other things, we'll fall for that. We'll fall for what the world has to offer. Unless there's a devotion to the word, to being in community with one another, to prayer, to breaking bread, to remembering Jesus and his sacrifice. See, what that does is it, it brings, when we're in the word, when we are together, when we're breaking bread, when we're praying together, it lets us see the world for, for what it is. And it lets us see the things that maybe look attractive to us in the world. And suddenly they're exposed and we're like, man, they're hollow, they're empty, they've no, they've no hope. They've nothing to offer us that, that the word is offering us. Nothing to offer us that Jesus is, is offering us. Devotion to these things brings us daily to the place where... Uh, where we get to make our choice. We get to choose where we stand. We get to choose what to do. And my prayer for us is that, is that we just turn into a people of devotion. Like, and then whatever the Lord wants to do out of that, let him do out of that, yeah? But let's be devoted to the things that matter. And I said I wanted to end with a the, with the way of doing that. And that's this one. I suppose we've sat under, I'm not an apostle, but I was reading from the word, right? Let's equivalent that to the apostles' teaching. We've sat under some of that, yeah? So let's, 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 let's move on from there. What else were they devoted to? To koinonia and, and describe to you this morning, Andy and, Andy and Mags, who if there was everyone, ever anyone who's a part of us, it's them, yeah? They're like a visible, a visible part of us and they're, they're struggling this morning. Devoted them. We need to be, understand that we're a part of them. They're devoted to prayer. So how, what can we do? We can pray for them this morning and devoted to the breaking of bread. I'd love us to, to break bread this morning together and then in little groups of twos and threes wherever we're at, I'd love us after having broke bread to pray for one another's needs and to pray for those who we know are struggling this morning. To pray for Lynn and her family, to pray for Terry, 
to pray for Andy and Mags, for little Isabel, who's in the hospital right now. And after taking bread and the wine, remembering who it is, this Jesus that we serve, he confuses fresh faith and passion into our prayers. And I'd encourage you, even if you're the quietest person, you can just pray, Lord, be with whoever. That's the thing. If you're, if you're sitting in a, in a space and you have a need, please take this opportunity. I said this morning, guard in your heart is the opposite of koinonia, yeah? So take this opportunity to just like, Lord, could you pray for me in this situation? And then we just pray. We agree together in prayer.